You are listening to Ideas Aloud, a podcast series by the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs, Ideas Malaysia. For more information about our work, log on to www.ideas.org.my to download our policy papers. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Ideas Aloud. Today we are joined by Azam Wan Hashim. He's a researcher in the Social Policy Unit here at Ideas. Uh, welcome Azam to Ideas Aloud. Alright. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the ASEAN Prosperity Initiative, which is a project that Ideas has been doing um, for the past few months. Uh, so, Azam, why don't you tell us more about um, the API? So, the ASEAN Prosperity Initiative is a project that we've been doing since last year, actually. Um, it's designed to uh, look into the issues and kind of raise questions over the development of um, ASEAN and its role in supporting the, the prosperity of its member states and, and the citizens. Uh, we particularly look at the role of the ASEAN economic community in trying to increase uh, economic integration between ASEAN states. And yeah, we've been doing this. Uh, this is our second year now. We kind of go around, conduct some focus group discussions to collect some data to finally uh, produce a report that kind of tracks at the implementation of the ASEAN economic community. Mm, great. So I believe that report was launched last week, right? Yeah, yeah. That's... Okay. Um, and so I think a lot of people are not familiar with what the AEC is. So maybe you could um, shed some light uh, to those like me who are not aware um, on what exactly the ASEAN Economic Community is. So the ASEAN Economic Community, or AEC, is actually a uh, culmination of uh, many decades of efforts by the Association of Southeast Asian Nations to kind of increase cooperation between member states and increase integration between member states. Since 1967, from the birth of ASEAN, there's been many efforts to integrate the ASEAN community. For example, there, there, there was an ASEAN preferential trading agreement in 1977, and then uh, this continued on and was replaced by the uh, 1993 ASEAN Free Trade Agreement. There was also an ASEAN framework on um, services, Uh, in 1997, they, they created an ASEAN Vision 2020. And then um, I think in 2003, finally, the, the ASEAN member states decided that it was time to uh, create what they called an ASEAN community. And within this ASEAN community, there's kind of uh, three portions of it. There's the ASEAN economic community, the political security community, and the social cultural community. So it basically, the AEC is essentially like a blueprint to sort of um, uh, see how ASEAN countries can um, integrate their economies better in terms of free trade, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the ASEAN economic community is uh, uh, trying to integrate all the ASEAN economies, and mm-hmm. uh, since 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 the ASEAN members kind of came up with the idea of the ASEAN community in two there's been two primary uh, documents to mm-hmm. kind of track and implement the realization of their goal of uh, this economic community. These two documents are the AEC 2015 blueprint and also the AEC 2025 blueprint. 
So within these two blueprints, uh, it sets out specific goals that ASEAN member states can strive towards to mm -hmm. actually realize the, the goal of economic integration. They're usually split up into different pillars and characteristics. In the AEC 2015 blueprint, the first pillar, for example, was to create a single market and mm. production base. And this is done through market liberalization, through um, the, the free flow of uh, goods, services, uh, investment, capital, and also skilled labor. And they've, they've kind of followed this through within the ASEAN uh, Economic Community 2025 blueprint. And the first characteristic of that was to uh, create a highly integrated and cohesive economy within ASEAN. Mm. Um, and this is, again, through the liberalization of uh, borders and through a, a establishing trade and production networks, as well as to establish a more unified market for its firms and consumers. Hmm, interesting. And uh, maybe you can tell us a bit more about the report that you launched and, um, you know, how is ASEAN actually doing in in its progress towards these goals? So uh, what, what I didn't mention earlier is that actually the, the whole goal of this report is kind of to clarify the ASEAN economic community. Throughout our research and our focus group discussions, we've actually found that uh, there's quite a disconnect between this high-level goal of creating an ASEAN community and the, the people on the ground, the businesses and the people, uh, the citizens, the general public, really, uh, they don't really understand or they don't really mm. know what the ASEAN economic yeah. community is. I, I assume that a lot of people listening to this will probably have no idea that there was even an ASEAN economic community to begin with. Mm -hmm. uh, so the whole point of this uh, report is to kind of shed some light into that and to kind of show that the ASEAN economic community actually has these really specific uh, action lines that the member states are supposed to do to realize the, the economic integration. And um, throughout the project, we've gone through uh, and discussed with the business community, with academics, with different stakeholders of ASEAN to see whether uh, these actions were actually being implemented. And uh, we've found that, I mean, there, there, there's a total 647 action lines within the, the AEC 2025 oh, blueprint in lot. itself. Oh yeah, it, it's a lot. 647. Okay. Yeah. And uh, prior to this, uh, the ASEAN Secretariat actually created uh, a scorecard system with mm -hmm. the AEC 2015 blueprint. Uh, this scorecard system uh, is essentially doing what we are doing now. Mm -hmm. uh, but with the AEC 2025 blueprint, they've kind of discontinued this scorecard system. Mm -hmm. So we, we really like that um, scorecard and how it kept member states accountable to uh, whether they're actually implementing the things within the blueprint. So we wanted to continue this effort. And um, also we wanted to include, you know, a, a wider range of stakeholders from businesses and, and, and the public. So we, we employed kind of the, a, a very similar uh, methodology of assessment. We look at each action line and we go through publicly available information mm -hmm. to see if these um, actions have been, you know, either fully implemented or they're kind of partially or uh, ongoing, or if there was no evidence. Mm. Uh, but there's also 
some specific timelines within the blueprints. Mm -hmm. For example, some action lines um, have to be completed in 2018. Okay. And against these action lines, we, we have judged uh, whether they've been actually completed or they're actually overdue. So throughout this whole process, months-long research process, um, from the 647 total mm -hmm. action lines, we have seen that uh, over half or... 53.9% is either fully or partially implemented, mm. which is pretty good if you think about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the AEC 2025 blueprint was only adopted in 2017. Mm. So it's been two years and over 50% have been partially or fully implemented. I think this is kind of a, a positive sign mm -hmm. of uh, good progress. But yeah. at the same time, we also found that only 17.7% uh, or uh, less than one out of five of the total action lines have been actually fully implemented. Mm. Um, and some have shown to be overdue in their implementation. Okay. In, in the five different pillars of the AEC 2025 blueprint, we see that like uh, the, the third pillar of enhancing connectivity and uh, sectoral cooperation actually has the highest rate of mm. fully implemented action lines. And... The, the things uh, that, that is most closely to the heart of ASEAN members is economic integration, which is kind of the first pillar to uh, have an integrated and cohesive economy within mm -hmm. ASEAN. This actually shows the highest rate of um, overdue action lines. Oh. So that, that's a little bit of a troubling finding that yeah. we find. Uh, the, the action lines that, mm. that are the most important to businesses um, are it's actually, actually the one that's most unfulfilled. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. I think uh, during the, when you guys were doing research for this project, you went, as you mentioned earlier, you went to several um, countries around the region, right? So uh, during your FGDs in Singapore, Indonesia, and Vietnam, so what was the main message that you got from these meetings? Um, you know, what, mm. what did the stakeholders there think about um, the, the research that you've been doing and also on, on ASEAN integration as a whole? Mm, mm. So uh, during these focus group discussions, we had already had some preliminary findings on the implementation of the AEC 2025 blueprint. During the FGDs, we we uh, presented our findings and to, to get their thoughts on it, their feedback, and to see what was actually happening on the ground for businesses, um, for academics. And the, the most wide-sweeping thing that we found across these meetings that we were having is that there really is this, like I said, uh, this this disconnect between um, high-level goals of ASEAN and what's actually realized on the ground. The most common thing that we found is that it, it seems like businesses or academics don't really, like I don't want to say that they don't really care about ASEAN, mm. but there seems to be uh, kind of like the, the benefits of ASEAN economic integration aren't really realized on the mm. ground. It's yeah. like regardless of the, the, the relatively healthy rate of implementation after two years, there really isn't any uh, real significance of the AEC on the ground uh, to businesses and, and, and to uh, academics. I mean, you can see this through uh, uh, economic indicators, sorry, mm -hmm. looking at, you know, kind of the rate of uh, intra-ASEAN trade. Uh, this is looking at um, how intensively uh, ASEAN member countries are really working together or trading with one another. And it shows that this, this rate has been 
pretty stagnant. Mm -hmm. um, uh, th there hasn't been much change in the intensity of uh, economic cooperation uh, between the ASEAN member states. Uh, not too much progress on, on the intensity of trade between uh, ASEAN member states. Those are interesting findings because um, I'm actually curious when, because when you said that, you know, people don't really feel the mm. sort of um, effects or, um, you know, these, what, what do these AEC indicators mean for for people's everyday lives, um, for businesses? Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to, to know, it's like, it's so, you know, when you go to the market or go to buy stuff at your local grocery store, like, is there, is, is this ASEAN economic, community thing supposed to play a role in the prices that you pay or mm. the kind of goods mm. that you can import um how does it actually affect yeah those yeah, yeah. things yeah definitely i mean uh, uh being in, uh, in in an asean country um i think the the whole goal of this economic community is so that Malaysia can trade with Vietnam or Thailand for example you can buy goods from Thailand or Vietnam without it being uh, expensive due to, you know, uh, certain trade barriers mm. like tariffs or taxes, uh, quotas. So yeah. the first goal of these two blueprints is essentially to liberalize the market, uh, make sure there's no barriers to trade, uh, make sure there's no uh, additional costs to trade. Mm -hmm. um, and this is ultimately intended to uh, benefit the consumers at the end of the day yeah. so that you can buy Thai or Vietnamese products uh, cheap mm -hmm. uh, without any additional costs. Mm. It's supposed to benefit the consumer in the end, right? Which uh, I think, you know, it's looking at these like high level blueprints and stuff. I mean, of course, if you ask like everyday Malaysians or Singaporeans or Vietnamese, I, I don't think they would be very interested in, in, in these things. But I think, you know, the question is if you take them away or if these blueprints don't exist, then, you know, I think it would be more difficult, for, I think, for like Malaysia and Vietnam mm. to trade. Um, mm. And then that would make goods more expensive. So then we'll start realizing, like, oh, okay, actually, these things No, it's true. Are important. Uh, um, like, we, we really start to see the benefits of ASEAN uh, and their uh, economic cooperation when, when we ourselves as consumers start to see you know, in, in our prices. Mm. Um, so these high level goals and these, these uh, uh, high macroeconomic indicators of, you know, mm. uh, how intensively are, are ASEAN member states trading, the, these don't really translate to the people on the ground. Yep. Uh, and, you know, uh, the, the goal of the AEC, uh, I mean, we talked to the ASEAN Secretariat and they've, they've said that, uh, you know, they, they wanted to double uh, intra-ASEAN trade, that's trade between ASEAN members by 2025 mm. and i mean if you look at the indicators it doesn't seem like that's on a good track yeah. uh, it seems like it's been stagnant and really is the economic community supposed to be looked at through this uh intra-asean trade or should it be looked at something else so mm. we 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 kind of tackled this question of is the AEC actually succeeding because through the, these indicators it doesn't seem like they're succeeding yeah we looked at it through uh, what what does it actually mean to have a highly integrated economy? Mm -hmm. So we looked at this through the the level of cooperation between ASEAN member states and how how much they've actually integrated into uh, not between themselves but uh, amongst the the entire world. Like how integrated have they become in the entire global value chain? Mm. Uh, looking at that, we've seen a huge success uh, over the years of uh, ASEAN member states integrating into the global value chain. 
what what this actually translates to is is uh, more economic growth and more um, economic participation in, in into global growth, and this has been facilitated by uh, you know kind of this multilateral uh, liberalization between ASEAN member states to mm. kind of reduce all trade costs, uh, trade barriers, and yeah, I, mm. I I think at the end of the day we we have seen an acceleration of of growth between ASEAN member states because of this economic community. Mm, definitely, yeah. yeah. I think that's interesting when you said that I think ASEAN as a whole has also, you know, been integrated into the global value chain. I mean, ASEAN has trade deals, right? With I mean, mm. we, we go into trade deals as, as ASEAN. Yeah, I think with Australia, New Zealand and all that. So I think that's that's also important. It That sort of goes into like the EU, the European Union model almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the... I think that was actually one of the main intended yeah, goals yeah, yeah. to create ASEAN as a cooperation of these member states is yeah. to uh, make sure that they have uh, uh, a larger bargaining chip um, mm. in you know these regional trade deals like RCEP and CPTPP, for example, yeah. um, rather than uh, them individually you know being mm. in these trade deals. It's suddenly ten countries that have. Uh, a total GDP of almost three trillion. It, it creates a larger market share and a larger say uh, into these um, trade deals. Yeah. yeah, and I guess it's also more attractive for many uh, other countries when to get into trade deals with uh, an economic block of three trillion mm. rather mm. than like smaller individual um, nation states. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, during these. Uh, uh, FGDs that we were doing in Singapore, Indonesia, and Vietnam, and also, uh, you know, in in, in uh, surveys that were done by the EU ASEAN Business Council, what we see is actually that businesses don't actually view ASEAN as a group of countries. Mm-hmm. They they kind of look at each ASEAN member states as they are. So, okay. a business, for example, wouldn't invest in Malaysia because it's a part of ASEAN they invest in Malaysia because they want to invest in Malaysia Mm. similarly with Singapore and any other countries so they don't really invest in ASEAN they invest in the individual Mm. countries so again we see this kind of disconnect between ASEAN the community and how businesses actually view ASEAN Mm. so businesses generally don't view ASEAN as this vehicle that they where they can take advantage of for um for their business Mm. right yeah Yeah. no 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 not not really like they Mm. they they don't really care about the again I don't want to say they don't really care there seems to be some type of disconnect here Mm. Uh, it seems like the community of ASEAN um doesn't really translate to businesses um actually Mm. wanting to invest in ASEAN uh, so in, in the EU Business Council uh, survey they did in 2019, uh, they asked 300 multinational companies, mm-hmm. um, you know, certain questions about ASEAN. And one of the questions that they asked was, do these businesses have kind of a dedicated strategic uh, a view of ASEAN mm-hmm. and whether they invest in ASEAN based on the ASEAN Economic Community Blueprint? And a majority of the businesses said they don't really mm. have a dedicated strategy based on ASEAN, okay. which again shows that you know uh, the, there is some some disconnect here between mm. ASEAN and the businesses and whether businesses actually consider ASEAN's motives. It seems to be that the motivations behind businesses actually investing in ASEAN are mainly due to 
the liberalization that ASEAN has done. So ASEAN has become kind of this vehicle for these 10 individual member states to multilaterally liberalize mm. their economies, you know, uh, uh, reduce trade barriers. And this in turn has increased their role into the entire global value chain. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And uh, what do you think, uh, you know, ASEAN members, what are the steps do you think ASEAN member states can take to um, to face these challenges, right? To get businesses to understand that uh, ASEAN is a, a medium, a vehicle that they can use for the benefit mm. of their, um, their their respective uh, industries. So, um, you know, what, what, what do you think ASEAN uh, member states can do mm. to realize some mm. of these goals? So, uh, throughout this entire discussion I, mm-hmm. I've, I've mentioned kind of like this disconnect between ASEAN and the businesses and we actually tried to look into that and uh, we specifically look into the the AEC 2025 blueprint to, to analyze like why why there is this disconnect mm-hmm. and what we actually found is that the AEC 2025 blueprint itself you know the the different action lines kind of varies in in strength mm, okay. uh, there there's a lot of use of action verbs that, mm. that that are a little bit vague okay and and not specific to yeah. you know or or they they don't affect any significant change in in policies or significant reduction in the the cost of trade for example so you'll you'll see a lot of the mention of of the words like uh uh, like develop or mm. or to support something or or to it's enhance too general to, is it too it, general yeah it's pretty general and with the whole structure of ASEAN, mm. uh, you know, they're, they're the, the ASEAN way, so to yeah. speak, um, it leaves a lot of room for interpretation right. of how these actions are actually to be implemented. Mm. And if the implementation, let's say the, the, ac- the specific action line is actually fully implemented, would this actually result in any significant policy change to the consumer, yeah. to the businesses? So I think this is actually one of the main challenges mm. of the ASEAN economic community is to is to actually implement the things within the ASEAN, the AEC blueprint that is actually uh, significant to businesses, mm-hmm. the, the things that businesses care the most about. We look into the, the AEC blueprint and we found that only one action line that relates to uh, the most significant things that bis- businesses mm-hmm. care about, such as uh, customs, trade facilitation, uh, standards, the technical regulations, there's only one action line that mm. that that is fully implemented, and oh, this is the, only the, one. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> okay. crazy. Yeah, this, this is the thing that uh, businesses actually care about. Yeah. So, yeah. if if the ASEAN community is implementing things that are you know, uh, they, they don't really affect things on the ground. Mm. It, it, it's just simply yeah. hosting a meeting. These are the things that, that that's causing the disconnect between mm. the vision and the actual things are the yeah. realized on the ground. That's interesting. I like the part where you said uh, you, you guys looked into the blueprint and like looked at the words that's being used, right? Yeah. Because I think that's the I, that's also like the kind of how do you strike that balance between because, you know, you have 10 countries with uh, varying levels of development, mm. uh, you know, very different economies, mm-hmm. very different political systems mm-hmm. as well. Um, so you don't want to create a document that's like 
too specific because mm. then oh how how do how does like you know Singapore and um you know uh, Thailand you know, who are very different then can adopt this this document but then you don't want to be too gen th- then you kind of have to make it a bit more general but then right. when it's too general yeah. um it doesn't actually you know when people when they read it they're like you know this doesn't mean anything much yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah there, there's yeah. certainly there's certainly a balance there because yeah. amongst ASEAN countries there's there's a huge development gap yeah. uh you know you, you see the the ASEAN 6 they call it uh they they have a divergent growth path from mm. you know uh, Brunei, Cambodia, Laos and Myanmar who yeah. are consistently at the very bottom of the the development pathway mm. in ASEAN and there's these two kind of groups uh mm. one the ASEAN 6 who are we we see a a, a high trajectory of growth and mm. then you have these laggard states and so to have like certain promises within the AEC that have to be applicable yeah um to all the member states across the board is is difficult um but at the same time i think it's important not to be you know i i think it's important to kind of have like a strong arm in this mm. um to have a bit more uh strength in the implementation i think more strictness in in these measures is actually what's going to help these laggard countries get out of the development gap mm. and um understandably the ASEAN way kind of respects that yeah. the fact there are differences and um they they want to uh maintain the sovereignty of each ASEAN member state um but at the same time i think it's 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 important to have a balance of uh effective action yeah. lines yeah exactly yeah. or else you know it will just be a document which yeah. you know doesn't really affect have a positive effect i mean mm. on on each state or you know uh you you could have uh kind of room for interpretation for mm. the ASEAN member states not too strict in 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 the the specific things that are to be implemented but at the same time i think it's important to have a kind of a mon- monitoring entity to mm. to look at whether these action lines are being you know whether they're being implemented properly Or Does the ASEAN Secretariat do that? No. They they do, but mm. you know the capacity of the ASEAN Secretariat yeah. is is I mean, this very is one limited. office in Jakarta, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that that's a good point actually. Should there be like more serious monitoring mm. on the implementation of mm-hmm. these? And I guess this project is tries to contribute to that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, for sure, we we yeah. try to keep uh, the countries accountable. We we try to help the ASEAN Secretariat, who's you know stretched very thinly. Yeah. Um and I think this is a good effort to to kind of um help the ASEAN Secretariat but at the same time, you know, educate the public on yeah. what the AEC is, uh what 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 needs to be implemented to yeah. to translate to the business community of like what has been done, what will be done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um I think uh just for the last part uh, of our discussion, I would like to get your thoughts on Uh, how the outside world uh the constantly change rapidly mm. changing outside mm. world mm. is affecting asean um as a region right mm. so you know for example the this us china trade mm-hmm. war that's been constantly talked about um the palm oil issue with the eu and um you know maybe we can also think about the haze and yeah, <laughs> how yeah, this yeah, sure. becomes such a big thing every year yeah. but we see very little movement from from uh, asean and from the individual member mm-hmm. states on how to actually solve it mm-hmm. so maybe some of your thoughts on on those things okay so 
this is a, a pretty big topic. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of like how ASEAN interacts both internally and externally, how it interacts as a group uh, to address, you know, uh, regional issues. Like you say, the, the, the haze issue in Malaysia and Singapore caused by Indonesia, um, as well as the external uh, global developments in trade, US-China. Internally, ASEAN is a pretty close-knit community. Mm -hmm. um, they have this dispute settlement mechanism, okay. uh, but they don't really use it. Um, mm. a, a lot of soft power is being exercised within ASEAN. Yeah. Uh, there's not too much of, you know, if, if there's some disputes within ASEAN, they don't really air their dirty laundry. They, they kind of deal with these issues behind, the, the, behind closed doors. This is a pretty important and significant role of ASEAN and, and, and the member states to cooperate. It, it puts them in a positive footing to cooperate, to settle these uh, regional issues. At the same time, when we look um, externally, the, the question of ASEAN uh, as a group and how they deal with these uh, extra regional issues is, is also important because uh, you know, suddenly ASEAN as a region is challenged as a region, not not as individual mm. member states. Uh, so how they address these issues, for example, the U.S.-China trade war uh, is really significant. It's a test to their cooperation. Mm -hmm. So we see the U.S.-China trade war, uh, you know, uh, China's uh, relocation of certain productive activities have benefited some ASEAN member states. Mm -hmm. At the same time, the whole development of, of trade decline globally has negatively affected mm -hmm. all ASEAN member states. Yeah. So we see, again, you know, uh, overall uh, ASEAN states are suffering, but some individual member states are benefiting due to China's relocation. This presents, you know, a, a challenge to the ASEAN region whether they cooperate or they, you know, increasingly compete amongst one another mm. to kind of benefit from uh, China's relocation. This is a challenge. And um, wh whether they stick together or uh, they, they, you know, uh, address these external challenges individually, uh, it, it depends on the, the, the strength of ASEAN mm. to remain as a community. And I think that, that this is where the ASEAN economic community is so important because yeah, plays a huge role, right? For sure. The, yeah. the, the more they integrate, you know, the more they cooperate and the more uh, uh, their their strength as a region yeah. really shines. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's a good point because I think, I mean, you know, if you want to look at this, I mean, US and China, right? This massive economies massive, yeah. who, uh, you know, and so many other, like, the condition of many other economies depend so much on how US and China, uh, you know, do, do their thing. Mm. And, you know, going at it as a block, as ASEAN, mm -hmm. I think would make it make us stronger rather than go facing these challenges mm -hmm. individually, mm -hmm. I think. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I think that's probably will leave that question out for our listeners today on, you know, how resilient ASEAN is, I think. Right. 
in facing all this doom and gloom that's going on uh, yeah. in the yeah. oh, you know the global economy mm. and um, you know perhaps ASEAN can be like the shining beacon of hope or something you know if yeah. if, <laughs> if they increase their integration uh, mm. then they just become more resilient to yeah. you know external uh, changes and and shocks to the economy and i think it's really important for them to to increase their integration as a community definitely yeah. definitely Thank you very much, Azam. Uh, I learned a lot, certainly, from our session today. And I hope our listeners do too. And um, yeah, so thank you. And we'll tune into the next episode yeah, thanks of for having me. Ideas Allowed. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ideas Allowed. For more information about our work, log on to www.ideas.org.my and follow us on Spotify, iTunes and Podbean.